0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of That's Entertaining. This week, we get to talk about Thor: The Dark World, another of Marvel's Phase 2 films. Joining me this week is Stephen Waldinger. Stephen, why would people know you? Well, let's see.
1: I am um, I wrote a I'm a comic book writer. I'm a writer in general, screenwriter. Um, I live out in L.A., and I have a comic book out right now called George W. Bush Vampire Hunter. Uh, A couple of people over the course of time have come across it and uh, have liked it, so that's awesome. Hopefully you know me from that. Um, I'd love to get you all a copy in some capacity.
0: (laughs) It's, And I have to say, so how I know Steven is I went out to L.A. on business a few weeks ago, as our stalwart listeners will know, and I went to the Meltdown comic shop out there and was showed around by, I believe his name was Josh, is that correct? Yes, correct. And he showed me some local comics, comics that I couldn't get anywhere else. So one of the comics was George W. Bush Vampire Hunter by Stephen Waldinger. And, you know, I read through it, and the writing kind of seems in line with what I thought was funny and entertaining, so it made sense to eventually invite him on to That's Entertaining. Stephen, thank you for joining us this week.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Steve's is totally fine, too. Steven is, uh, uh, either or is fine. Steve, I'll
0: save you a syllable, though, and you can go with Steve. Sounds good to me. Steve works. So, this week, folks, uh, in this neck of the woods, in the great Midwest, now, Steve, you may not know about the Midwest weather, because you guys have completely different weather on the West Coast than we do. In the past few nights, we have had... A downpour, torrential downpour of rain and storms.
1: Ah, oh, can you send some of that, Alroy? Right, we uh, we have a year of water left. I wish I was joking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I read that article. That was crazy.
1: So Yeah, so far, yeah, it's weird. Even though we have a year of water, water left, aside from like a random, uh, hey, don't water your lawn, that's about all they've done so far. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> this time next year, I'll be dehydrated, but, uh, you know. Yeah, they'll figure something out out here in good old Cali. Be
0: be walking around like a beef
1: jerky. (laughs) Exactly, yes.
0: Well, you know, we've got a lot of storms around here, and last night, actually, we had a tornado that was spotted about maybe two or three miles from where I work that was traveling towards where I lived, so I was kind of freaked out a little bit. Uh, Thankfully, that tornado didn't do any damage, but there was one up near Chicago that decimated uh, a small town, Uh, and unfortunately, it did... Claim a couple lives in the process. Oh, no. But around here, there's been a lot of storms. And last night, I was rudely, you know, interrupted with what I was doing by this big crash. And I I was like, that didn't sound like thunder. And it wasn't anything inside the house. And I had sneaking suspicion that this tree that I've been... I actually had a guy come out to give me a bid to cut it down. So I had a sneaking suspicion that this dying tree may have lost a little bit of itself and fallen on part of the house. Went outside in the middle of all the storm and the wind and everything, and just looked with my flashlight. Sure enough, this big old limb of the tree, about a fifth of the tree, came down on the side of my house. Luckily, it didn't do. All, all, it doesn't look like anyway. I know. I know house inspector or anything. It doesn't look like it did any damage like to the house, except for maybe a little bit to the gutter. Mm. But a couple a couple feet. Uh, different, and I would have lost power completely because there's this power cable that it would have hit and completely knocked out. Ooh. So, we at least have power here, so that's good. Yes. Uh, currently today, it's actually been a very nice day, very uh, very pleasant. Um, we've been 60 degrees or so, but it's been very breezy here, but we've had a lot of storms and a lot of rain recently, and it's just... Bah, it, it's been... Tr- tumultuous to say the least and it's going to be coming back the stormy season again in uh sunday or saturday i think and it's going to start raining again so we can gladly send our rain out west to you yes i will will make that i will make that commitment from the state of illinois to the state (laughs) of california
1: yes we actually had a little bit of rain this week i believe on tuesday it rained um which uh i was thinking about the other day and i was like uh with rain, it's like the average state, like um, like you know where you're at, Illinois. You're gonna be like, you'd probably be like, uh, oh, looks like it might rain this week, and then out here we're like, oh, looks like it's gonna look like it's gonna rain this year sometime.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's no good.
1: Not so much,
0: but uh, hopefully, because you guys out there, you're you're worried about the crop production. I hear.
1: Yeah, just one of many trickle down ef- or lack of trickle down effects because of lack of rain.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully everything works out well enough and you guys can get adequately hydrated in time and nothing awry happens.
1: Ah, thank you, thank you.
0: But that is, we we aren't here for weather chat. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to talk things that are entertaining and fun. And for myself this week, I have been entertained by a few things. Um, Let's start with the most recent thing that's entertained me. And that is Daredevil on Netflix. Yay! Yay! So Daredevil was released, um, I guess you could say at midnight this morning, um, and so it's been around today, and I've seen a few spoilers, unfortunately, on Twitter, so I'm kind of doing almost a Twitter silence, or just kind of glancing at my feed, so I don't see anything inadvertently. Um, I have watched the first two episodes, and I can just say this, it is good. I recommend it.
1: I'm so looking forward to it. I'm bummed. I was at uh, WonderCon, uh, was last week, um... In case you haven't heard of WonderCon, it's the uh, it's, it's a sister show of uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Same people run it. Um, it's just as nice. The big difference is you can generally get into it. Um, and I was, you know, so it was their last week, weekend. And I was hoping that they were going to have, like, maybe a preview of Daredevil, but they did not, alas. So ah. I have yet to see it, but I will be seeing it very soon. And I'm very much looking forward to it.
0: You're like, hurry up, let's get this thing over with. I want to go watch it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I was impressed. I had my reservations, but, I mean, Marvel recently with the MCU stuff, as we've been talking the past few weeks with the movies, has been doing really well. So, I mean, at the, in the very first episode, it makes mention of the Avengers, the you know, the battle in New York, so it takes place after the Avengers. Mm. So, it's in phase two uh, with everything else. So, uh, I've been entertained by that. I've only seen the first two episodes, but... I'm pretty sure that I'll probably binge watch the rest over the course of this weekend because it's, it's engrossing. I can tell you that.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Marvel's been on fire, um, with the, with their movies. Everybody keeps thinking, you know, when are they gonna, you know, when are they going to miss on one? Like everybody thought guardians of the galaxy would be their miss movie, but that ended up being a, a massive hit. Now everybody's looking at Ant-Man saying, hey this is going to be the one right here. But I mean, you look at the talent behind it and, uh, um, I, th- I think it's going to be a good movie um, They have yet to miss on the movies mm-hmm. And um, sounds like Daredevil's off to a great start Which is uh, very good for numerous reasons It's their first uh, foray into Netflix here So yeah, they needed a strong opening and sounds like they got it So that's awesome Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised And I will definitely, by the time the next episode rolls around Maybe be able to give a little bit more elaboration Or maybe we'll have a whole episode discussed to talk about that Who knows? Uh, but other things I've been entertained by, nothing new, really, it seems, except for Pool Nation FX on Xbox One. Uh, that was a new game that was given away free this month with Xbox One, uh, gold memberships for, uh, for those of us who are gold subscribers. Um, I also went back and played a little bit of iDarb, uh, with my nephew. He was here, and so I was showing him how to play iDarb, and some of the folks on Twitter, uh, like, uh, Josh and some other friends were t- Twitter uh, hashtag bombing the game. So I don't know if you're familiar with this game, Steve, but you can broadcast it on Twitch, and it's very heavily integrated with Twitter. So like, if you tweet something and hashtag IDARB, it may show up on the sc- scroll on the bottom. Oh, wow. And if you tweet out that you're playing the game and you say, hey, I'm playing, and they, you have this uh, unique identifier that's a hashtag you know, in four characters. And if you tweet that out, people can then see it and say, oh, I'm going to hashtag bomb you. So there's different hashtag bombs that they can use that will do different things in your game. So it's actually, like, really cool the way it inter- interconnects with everybody. And it's very cool, uh, the game. And my nephew was quite enjoying that. So uh, played that. I mean, at at first he didn't really care for it, I don't think. But he started to like it towards the end. And it's a crazy little game. If you get a chance uh, to look at it on Twitter, I'm sorry, on Twitch, uh, just to kind of see what it looks like or what the game really is. It's It looks fun, and it is. I mean, it, it's pretty crazy what can happen in that game. Oh,
1: wow. So how does the uh, the hashtag bomb work? Like, I'm picturing, like, uh, like, say you take one of the hashtags from, like, uh, at midnight. You're like, hashtag rejected 80s bands. Do all of a sudden do, like, all these, like, failed 80s bands, like, pop up on your screen while you're playing the game?
0: Pretty close. So there is one hashtag bomb, which is hashtag Ricky. And it's like a Rickroll. Mm. so uh i forget the artist's name but he actually like they have like a a pixelated version of him dance across the screen with his music kind of playing a little bit in the background as he's doing that so it kind of just goes in front of you so it's like you're getting rickrolled so i that's always a hashtag bomb that i seem to get (laughs) so i don't know if the guys particularly like rickrolling or what it is Mm. but um and you can do some different ones like one makes it like floods the level so it puts water in there Oh wow. um, And then one makes you go really fast, and then one turns off the lights, and <laughs> all these different things that just kind of make it really, really crazy.
1: Oh, super rad! I'm kind of, I'm quasi-retired from uh, from current video games, but uh, that's kind of that's enticing me to uh, get back into the game, literally. Well,
0: well, if you ever want to get back into the game, hit me up, man. We'll get you squared away. We'll show you the path.
1: Oh, right on! Yes. <laughs>
0: So uh, that's it pretty much for the the gaming side of things for me this month, or <laughs> this week. Um, but I did a couple other things that I wanted to bring up. I started reading, uh, Comixology had a sale, and I know you're probably familiar with Comixology, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a sale on something called the Executive Assistant Series. And I was looking at their sale and I was like, I was, I was jonesing for a new comic, but I didn't want a superhero comic. And so I looked at this and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Basically, it reminded me of kind of like Kingsman or, uh, something similar to that from what I kind of read with the synopsis. So it's just like highly trained, um, uh, executive assistants, quote unquote, that are doing things that are kind of like Kingsman nature or just highly trained assassins. So I was enticed. And so I went ahead and got the whole series and, uh, I read the first, uh, the first book and it was interesting. And I'm looking forward to continuing on in that. I don't know if it's still on sale or not, but uh, Comixology has weekly sales, and they have s- stuff that's always on sale all the time. So if you are a fan of comics, make sure you keep an eye out on Comixology's sales because there are some good ones out there to find.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, I've, um, I've read a couple of the executive assistants. Didn't keep I haven't kept up on it. But yeah, the ones I read, I really dug.
0: Yeah, I was just looking for something that wasn't superheroes because, I mean, I, I've got... A ton of Batman comics that I'm still needing to read through. And I got the Injustice stuff and I got the Star Wars stuff. So I was just looking for something different, a little bit of a different genre. And mm. yeah, it's still kind of superhero y, but it's not really a superhero. And it's kind of more independent, which I'm trying to branch out in my comics to kind of go more independent anyway, uh, to kind of see what the things are. I've been kickstarting a ton of comics. I don't know why, but I've, mm. just been, <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of them out there. Been One of them recently was um, Time Stop. Um, another one was, uh, Hero Hourly. And then there was another one that was like Sidekicks, uh, Disrespected and something else. But, I don't know, a ton of individual comics that look cool, um, that I've been trying to just get more in the indie scene. Which, obviously, you are an independent comic producer, so I'm sure you can appreciate
1: Oh, definitely, yes. It's a great scene. And, uh, on behalf of all indie creators, we thank you for your support.
0: (laughs) You are more than welcome. Um, And one more thing I just wanted to touch on. I haven't really been entertained by, but uh, I I may be at some point. Um, So a while back, I bought an Amazon Echo for my wife. uh, And I finally set it up for her uh, last night, actually. So it's... Are you familiar with Amazon Echo, what that is? No. Okay. So basically, it's like Siri, but it's Amazon. Mm. And it's kind of just this little stationary thing that you plug into a wall... And you say, you know, tell me the weather or play me music or ask it random trivia questions or, you know, how many cups are in uh, a pint or something like that. And it'll tell you all these things. So that way, if you like, she, if she's baking or something and she needs a timer, she can tell it to set a timer and all this other stuff for her. So it, I think it'll help out. Oh, yeah, sounds and, pretty handy. Yeah, and I'm a techie guy, so I was like, you know, this is, this is a cool gift for, from my perspective to give to you because who else would give you this gift, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, well, I'll get it for you. So I uh, got that set up, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, honestly, a- initial you know Shot from the Hip review is pretty cool and positive on it because it has, um, it has really good sound quality for the, when it plays music because you can have it play music for you, too. It's got good sound quality that seems to carry pretty much all through the house, so uh, I like it. Excellent, excellent. If I uh, look, am looking for the uh,
1: advanced assistant in of a digital proportion. I will uh, hit that up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but that's pretty much the extent of my entertainment for this week. Uh, Steve, how about you? Any being entertained by anything?
1: Uh,
0: let's see. The
1: uh, a couple of quick things. Um, some shows i've been watching that i've been digging and trying to go for some ones that might be like under the radar um i've been liking the uh the jack and triumph show on um, adult swim
0: uh have you caught it at all i've seen it on like facebook and twitter but i haven't actually caught it yet and i used to be in love with triumph and some comic like that when i was a kid
1: as long as you as long as you like triumph in some capacity you'll like the show it's, uh, it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, it's a four-camera show, so it has the laugh track, you know, saved in front of a live studio audience. Um, Jack McBriar and Triumph work really well together. Um, they have a lot of uh, B, or I should, even, I should even say B-list, more like C-list celebrities on there, like doing uh, recurring roles uh, as themselves. Joey Fatone from NSYNC has, has been the butt of a lot of jokes um, among other people. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You can just tell they're having fun and that, that's the best when you're, when you're watching the show and you
0: can just tell they're having a really good time. Cool. That's, those are the type of shows that I like that you could actually tell they're having fun and having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to give a quick shout out to uh, comedy bang bang on,
1: uh, um, uh, the podcast is good. I personally, I got introduced to the show via the TV show on IFC and, uh, they're back with new they took a couple weeks off but they're back for uh new episodes um jack black is the guest on tonight's episode and uh they're counting down reggie watts's final episodes i think he's officially left the show because he's on the new uh late late show on cbs but uh they obviously taped his last episodes before he had to leave and they're on i think nine more to go for reggie watts and uh Oh, and Scott Ackerman, he uh, the host of Comedy Bang Bang, he actually wrote a little uh, side story in uh, Deadpool Two Fifty, which uh, came out this week, which is a good read. Um, cool. The this, the main story was actually more serious, not more serious than I thought of it would, because I had read the uh, I've read the series off and on. Uh, Jerry Dugan and uh, well, of course I'm oh, Brian Pisan have been writing it, and they've been uh, very funny throughout. But yeah, they took it a little. Little serious because it was the last issue of the uh, of the current series before whatever is Marvel doing Marvel's doing with Secret Wars. And uh, yeah, besides the main story, uh, they also had they had the Scott Ackerman story, Paul shear had a story in there, Ben Acker and Ben Blacker uh, had a story in there. Yeah, yeah, very good book. Cool. Got off track there, but watch comedy bang bang and uh, read Daredevil or Daredevil, watch Daredevil <laughs> on Netflix, read uh-huh. Deadpool two fifty. <laughs>
0: It's all connected somehow.
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, um, yeah, I'll give some really quick shout-outs just to some comics um, in general. I've been loving uh, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl uh, from Marvel um, and Miss Marvel, also from Marvel, coincidentally. And um, I'll give Sex Criminals a shout-out going back to uh, indie comics. Uh, Image, just in general, they've been They've been killing it on the indie front for some time now. So, yeah, I just want to give them a shout-out for that. And Little Depressed Boy are, I think, my two favorite Image books. Uh, Saga's a good one. Um, Have you read any Saga?
0: I haven't yet, but it's on my list. I think I might have some of the books. Actually, I think I may have purchased some on Comixology, uh, but my Comixology backlog is embarrassing, so... Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as a uh, Star Wars fan, it's... uh, Yeah, you'll definitely see
1: some influences along the way but yeah yeah brian k vaughn he's one of the best writers out there period and yeah him on that book um uh every month is just incredible
0: nice yeah i think there's gonna be something with a focus on saga up in c2 e2 i remember seeing some e2 i remember seeing some email uh about that so when i'm there later this month i'll have to make sure i keep my eyes open
1: oh super rad Cool. I could go on, but yeah, because I'm I'm entertained pretty easily. You, uh, if, if I see a uh, a dust bunny blow across the ground, I'm like, ooh,
0: wow. But ooh, yeah. this week I saw a dust bunny. <gasps> where? <laughs> where? I want to look. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. So, uh, dear listener, as you may have noticed, there's been an absence on the show this week. Mister Pickard could not fit a. Uh, uh, could not schedule us in this week he has been increased with his personal schedule uh, we hope that he is able to come back and talk to us in the future but this week we had Mr. Waldinger to to grace our presence
1: oh thank you thank you thank you for your kind hospitality I'm loving it so far excellent
0: well how about you say or how about we say or what do you say there we go <laughs> what do you say we move into the news for this week yes so uh, this week I found five bits of news that may be of relevance to our audience. First off, and this is the one that I kind of want to go in depth in, is the... So we, we know when Xbox One was announced that there was a lot of emphasis on TV, TV, TV. I mean, that was kind of a, a big thing that they had in their press conference initially. But, so they've been delivering on different aspects of TV with, in different countries with over-the-air tuners. Um... And obviously they got the integration right now with you can plug in an, a, a DVR or some sort of cable box or satellite box into it and command it with your voice and do all this kind of stuff with your Xbox if you wanted to and snap it while you play games, this and that. Anyway, if you are in the preview program for Xbox One, you can now at this point go and buy a TV tuner card that's a USB-based tuner and plug it into your Xbox One. And as long as you have an HD antenna that can receive channels, so depending on where your location is, this may or may not work for you, you can plug that in and get over the air HD TV directly to your Xbox One without the need of, you know, Mediacom, Comcast, DirecTV, or any of those cable companies. So, why this is big for me. I've been working at cutting the cord for TV for a little bit now, because... I mean, honestly, we don't watch a ton of TV shows that I pay the channels for. We watch, you know, AMC, uh, some shows on there. We watch uh, the local channels, ABC, CBS, Fox. I watch sports, you know, on Fox and NBC and sometimes CBS. I'm not really an AFC guy, but sometimes there's AFC show channels or games that I want to watch. And they're typically on CBS. So with this over-the-air tuner... You can get the local channels in HD to your Xbox. So that solves that, right? I get live TV so I can watch my sports. Um, I have Hulu Plus, so I can get the TV shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or stuff that I want to watch, Bones, whatever, the day after it airs. So that problem is solved. I don't need a DVR. I have Netflix, so I can watch, you know... Full seasons of TV shows to catch up on things and obviously get the original content of uh, Netflix like Daredevil or House of Cards. Problem solved. HBO Go is now a thing, or HBO Now, rather, is a thing that you can subscribe to for 15 bucks a month, or it's also an add-on to Sling, which was recently announced. And Sling gives you AMC, HGTV, and a whole bunch of other stuff for 20 bucks a month. And you can add other stuff to it. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, it is now perfectly feasible for me to cut the cable cord.
1: Yeah, I'm liking this. Yeah, because I've been, I'm in the same boat. Like, I want to get rid of cable, but at the same, I'm very be, I've been relying on my, on cable my whole life. I don't know a world outside of cable, but I do want to, and uh, this sounds like the perfect gateway to uh, knowing that world.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, for a while you've been able to really use over-the-air HD tuners on a variety of you know, PCs and things like that. But this is just a nice way to integrate it all into like the Xbox ecosystem. And so you're able to use your one guide. You can pause the live TV um, and you can also control it with your voice still. You know, say Xbox watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Xbox watch NBC or whatever it is. And so it'll turn to that channel for you. So you still have all those little conveniences that the Xbox offers and it acts as your tuner. So as long as you can get TV... Like, if you're within 60 miles or so of, uh, of a broadcasting station, this could be a perfect uh, perfect fit for trying to cut the cable cord or the satellite cord or whatever it is. Because we all know that with these subscription-based services, we're paying for a lot more than what we really need and what we actually use. If, the, if you had a usage chart of what channels that you pay for versus what you actually use, I'm sure the analyst in you would be like, what in the world am I paying for? Hmm. So... Uh, I just think that this makes a lot of sense because currently I think I've gone over this in the show before but I'm paying at least 75 to 80 bucks probably for just TV service alone and that's counting the cost of the DVR rental of the unit, the the charge for the service, the fees that are associated with it, the actual subscription for you know the line of service and stuff like that So for 20 bucks you can get rid of a lot of that now so just a nice little uh, thing to keep on the radar. If you're looking for over the air stuff, this works really well. Uh, it was set up within within seven minutes. I had it up and running and it works really good. So if you're looking to cut the cord and you have an Xbox One and you're in the preview program, you can do this now, but it is coming in the coming months or probably next month they will have this in the update. And they're going to actually have a Uh, an xbox branded tuner that you can use as well later on so keep on the watch for that
1: will do yes this does sound rather uh rather radical
0: yeah so i uh personally enjoyed that uh being an option now um but moving on to the next bit of news and this one you may not since you're kind of retired from the gaming space may not be right up your alley but there is a trailer that you should watch, and this could also further entice you to come out of retirement and come back into the gaming fold. And that is the trailer for Deus Ex, Mankind Divided. Now, for the uninitiated of the audience, and Steve, (laughs) this uh, is the newest installment in the Deus Ex franchise, which I believe is four games long at this point. Um... The last one being Human Revolution that was on Xbox 360, PS3, and I believe there was a Wii U version and on PC. So that was the last one, and that was a really good game. Solid mechanics, great gameplay. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, The only problem I had with the game was the boss fights. And, And notoriously, those boss fights were outsourced to a different company, the level of difficulty for those boss fights was completely different than any other part of the game and so that was the the biggest criticism of the game were those boss fights so i don't think they'll have that mistake again or if they if they do still outsource it they're going to probably have tighter reins on what it is so that they can make it more in lines with more in line with what the fans are expecting so I would recommend if you are a fan of the franchise, you seek out this trailer. It's actually like a four-minute-long CG trailer, so there's no gameplay. Uh, but we may see some gameplay at E3 in June. So I'm actually kind of surprised they put this trailer out uh, ahead of E3 because um, it's probably is this their
1: main trailer, or is it just like a little teaser trailer, and they have like maybe a, a bigger trailer coming at, at C2E2?
0: I mean, this this thing was. This thing was four minutes long for, mm, yeah, for a trailer. That's that's, that's, that's a pretty big long. Yeah. So I'm thinking that this is a a big meat and potato trailer, and they may just have gameplay uh, when it comes to like E3 later on. So, and I this game can't be coming out this year. There there is no way. At earliest, uh, we'll probably see this is quarter two of next year. So, but I'm very stoked for this for this game. It looks really good. If you haven't seen the trailer. Uh, check it out on YouTube or wherever fine trailers are viewed.
1: Now, it's really quick. I don't. Uh, I don't know much about the uh, the video game making process, but that sounds. I, I was ca- uh, surprised hearing that uh, a company would outsource stuff like boss fights to another company to do. I would just assumed everything was done in one house. Is that is that common to do stuff like that or?
0: So. I was under that opinion too, right? The same thought that you processed you had it was like, I thought one developer made everything, which to an extent is true. However, they they will outsource things that don't quite that they don't either have time to do or are trying to um, just get someone else who's you know got an established experience in, in said outsourcing. So uh, it's not an uncommon practice. when this happened, a lot of people had the same questions. Like, I thought this company was just making it and why do they have to outsource? But it was kind of an actually interesting read, uh, back then. And I can't remember all the specifics behind it, but it is a commonplace practice from what I remember. Hmm. But yeah, I, I was, uh, I was surprised to hear that they didn't make their own, uh, boss fights when I, when I read that. Yeah, so chalk, chalk that up and learn mm-hmm. something new every day. Yeah, there you go. I mean, some some companies do. Uh, they will make everything in the game, but some companies, the development is segmented for different different folks do different things. So uh, evidently that was one of the things that different folks did for this game. Okay. Continuing on. This one you may have an opinion on. Let's see. Because this isn't gaming anymore. We're moving more into the, the realm of movies now uh star wars has been around for 40 years right i mean close to 40 years 77 was when the original came out oh 42 so,
1: yeah. years till the 40th anniversary wow <laughs> yeah it doesn't seem like 40 but it's gonna be
0: <laughs> yeah it's getting close so after all this time it's finally available in the digital format and you can get the movies individually i believe they're 20 bucks a piece or you can get them all for 90 bucks for just the digital copy uh this you know is independent of any physical release that you have so if you had the blu-ray those obviously did not include the digital copies but so that was a big thing that was announced with rec- within the last week and released today as we record we're recording this on friday april 10th and the price is in my mind as a star wars fan Hard to swallow, and like I, I believe I paid probably seventy bucks when the full Blu-ray set came out, and that was fine because you're getting physical discs, you were getting a lot of bonus material, you were getting you know something that you can hold in your hand and also display, so that was fine. But ninety bucks for the digital movie for for all six of them, or even twenty bucks per movie. In your mind, does that sound right?
1: Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, that's that's a definite overcharge. And I mean, so, all the fans have all, already have all the other formats, and now you're asking them to spend that ninety dollars for for digital. That's just that's just overkill.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I get that you want to. Most people are going to probably pay the bundle price just to get the whole saga. I would, but. I'm not paying ninety bucks. I considered it for a brief second, and I'm like, that's just ridiculous. So, I, for me, I think an appropriate price would be ten bucks per movie, and then give me a bundle for fifty bucks. That would be an appropriate retail price, but I think I might still wait for a sale. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm I'm glad that they're available digitally. There are some new, you know features that are only available now with as part of this bundle but i think it's just it's too much in my opinion to charge i'm i'm thinking that sometime this year we'll have the price on sale for a little bit either before the force awakens or maybe on may the 4th who knows i think that they should have it on sale even if they do it for 45 like a half price for one day only they would make a bunch of money on that because I would get it for 45 for sure. but 90 is just really too hard for me to swallow and I'm a Star Wars fan. I I look over to my my bookshelf and I have a I don't know I can't even count how many books and comic books of Star Wars I have and I have the soundtrack sitting right here in front of me and I have the new comic books sitting over here too. So I'm the Star Wars fan mm-hmm. and I'm the guy that's saying I'm not gonna pay 90 bucks. I'm the guy that should be buying this thing for 120 bucks. You know, but I'm not. So the casual movie viewer or a guy perusing iTunes or Amazon Instant Video, I have a hard time thinking is going to click the buy button on a $90 purchase for six movies.
1: I mean, yeah, I think they let the Empire set the uh, prices there. They need to let the Rebel forces do that and get them on the lower end of the price sp- the price spectrum.
0: Yeah. In the immortal words of our favorite Mon Calamari Admiral. It's a trap! <laughs> so, I I think that they can do better on this price. I know they will sell at the current price of 90 bucks. I guarantee that they will probably sell a lot, but I think it's just way too high. So, I will wait until it's a, a more reasonable price. I'm going to have to make a deal with Jabba <laughs> and get that price negotiated down.
1: It would be nice to... to uh mobilize all the star wars fans and say hey 90 dollars. this is too much make them lower it but unfortunately i'm sure there'll be it's probably too much enthusiasm for that to happen so
0: yeah i mean i've waited this long for digital copies and i mean honestly i could make my own digital copies if i wanted to i i mean i haven't because i i much prefer the whole you know getting codes and just having it on my itunes library and just always being able to download it wherever i'm at, whatever. But, I mean, honestly, I have the Blu-rays, and I have the DVDs, and I have everything else. So, legitimately, I should be able to make a copy for personal use, by law. So, I just haven't even had the, uh, I haven't done that because, I mean, I can quote these movies front and back anyway, the way it is. And I, I prefer watching them at my home theater. So, being, you know, surround sound on and just sitting back and watching them. That's my preferred viewing method. But it would be nice to have them on my phone just to watch every now and then. And oh, I would sure. have them downloaded for sure.
1: When you're traveling, yeah, pop it up, I'll pop it open on the plane.
0: Mm-hmm. So, now I have to ask the question to you. What's your favorite Star Wars movie?
1: I believe I'm an Empire guy. Empire Strikes Back.
0: So, what is it about Empire that makes it better... In your mind, than all the rest. Uh,
1: even though I mean it's the second part of a trilogy, uh, I like the fact that the bad guys won. I um, I like to root for the bad guys. When I, uh, um, like going using wrestling as an example, um, I for the first um, couple years of my wrestling life, uh, I was a Hulk Hogan fan, but then around WrestleMania two, I figured out you know, Hulk Hogan's not going to lose, like, ever. So then I started rooting for the bad guys, you know, in hopes that he would lose. And I love the Bobby Heenan family, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, here with Empire Strikes Back, it was nice to see a movie where the bad guys win. And, of course, you know, it gets major bonus points for introducing Boba Fett, who is just awesome. Um, You really get to see Vader cut loose here. Um, Yeah, just so much good stuff in that movie. uh, Yeah, it stands out as my favorite
0: cool. Well, that That is a legitimate answer, and I will accept.
1: Now, what's your favorite?
0: So, for me, it's it's hard. I, I too, like Empire. I, I also like Jedi, and I also like Sith. So, but I have to say, for me, to pick my favorite, it's probably got to be Revenge of the Sith. Now, a lot of people are like, ooh, it's a prequel. Nasty. But, I mean that movie I, I waited in line for at the theater there was a lot of there's a lot of nostalgia for me with that movie because that was the prequels were the movies that I went to go to the theater and see you know on opening day and experienced the whole Star Wars fever with them and I mean every time I watch Revenge of the Sith and Anakin makes his choice to leave the council chamber to go you know to see what's happening with Palpatine I always have that moment where I'm just like, dude, just just stay there! Don't leave! <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's got a lot of emotion in it, and I'm being exposed to the whole cinematic canon now uh, that includes the Clone Wars. You see... If, if you take the Clone Wars into account before Revenge of the Sith, you see a more complete turn of Anakin. You see how the clones react you get to know the clones a lot during the the clone wars right and they have a lot of different characters and a lot of different personalities and to see them all turn at order 66 against the jedi that they've been fighting with that scene is amplified by by watching the clone wars and being exposed to all the content there so i have to say at this point and the saga my favorite movie is Revenge of the Sith.
1: Oh, very good. Uh, I dig the perspective you're coming from there. Good stuff.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, enough Star Wars talk. That that's that could fill its own thing. <laughs> In fact, if you if you do like the Star Wars discussion that we're having currently, feel free to check out Holocron Council. Another podcast by yours truly and Jason Lacey and Josh Oaks. Um, anyway, moving on with news. So, a little movie came out this past week. You may or may not have heard of it, um, called Furious 7. Now, being out in LA, you're more kind of plugged in to the way, to the movie scene. So, first off, did you see Furious 7?
1: I have not yet. i am actually... I've only, the only Fast and Furious movie I've seen was the second one. I don't quite know how that happened, but yeah, I never saw the first one. Saw the second (laughs) one because some friends wanted to go, and then, uh, yeah, kind of skipped the rest, but uh, I respect what they're doing and what they got going on there.
0: Yeah, so the second one's probably the worst of the franchise.
1: That's Um, it. That or, I I think it's a toss-up between that or, it's Tokyo Drift's not very popular, although I think it does have its fans.
0: If yeah, I'm I'm, I'm one of those fans. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of like Tokyo Drift, although it was the well, they, they person used Tokyo that they Tokyo cast the cast was crazy. Ones,
1: right? They've they've incorporated what happened there into this current one, right? Or the Yeah, ones?
0: so the continuity goes that this movie actually takes place after Tokyo Drift. So now, if you're a continuity guy, everything going forward is a new story that doesn't refer to anything else because the Fast Five and Six take place before tokyo drift then tokyo drift events tapping i wasn't they sure, saw
1: that but i wasn't sure if like some if the person that posted that was joking or if it was serious but yeah it's good to get clarification on that
0: yeah so uh people may have been confused when they first saw it because there's a character in there that is in furious or fast five and uh fast six that is you know brought to an end we'll say in uh, Tokyo Drift, and then obviously that character is not in Seven. Of course. So, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> this movie uh, had a very big opening. So worldwide, it took three hundred ninety-two million uh, worldwide, which is obviously the biggest for that fran- fr- yeah for that franchise, um, and it's actually ninth opening of all time so the only movies ahead of that are the avengers iron man 3 harry potter uh the, the last harry potter the two dark knight movies so rises and the dark knight and then the two hunger games films and then spider-man 3 wow. those are the only movies that are ahead of that
1: avatar it's ahead of avatar
0: yeah because avatar didn't have that big of an opening weekend
1: oh that's right yeah yeah that just, just kind of grew over time. over time yeah mm-hmm
0: so from a domestic perspective, uh, the last movie that held the, the, the record uh, in April anyway was Captain America the Winter Soldier, which had 95 million. And domestically, Furious 7 made 147.2. So it's just just some numbers, right? Some perspective. This was a huge opening. this blew, uh, this blew way past what was predicted which i think was in the 90s uh for most people but obviously this did way better and i don't know if that's just to effect to you know people being really jazzed to go to the movie theater and see something i mean i was really jazzed to see it because it was the first movie i've been to in a while at a movie theater because i don't think there's been much recently that i'm wanting to go see like in the past few months
1: yeah this time of year is the uh uh well now we're a kick, like we're in the pre-kickoff to the summer movie season. Fast Seven's like the official, or like the uh, the kickoff the kickoff to the big time, uh, yep. like Captain America was last year. And uh, yeah, January, February, March are generally the uh, slow season for movies. All I've seen so far this year have been uh, indie movies for the most part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if this if this is any indication of the box office for this year, with Mission Impossible, with Avengers, with Star Wars with Ant-Man, with Jurassic World, you're going to be having some big box office numbers, if this is any indication. Now, it could be a fluke. It could be people wanting to see how uh, they handled the death of Paul Walker. So there's that little asterisk they can put by it, because people were maybe curious about what they did, because it was widely known that he was in the middle of production uh, of this movie when he died. So, and... This would be his final on-screen performance, but it's uh, it was interesting to to see that this movie had such a big opening, and it was I'm glad that it did. Uh, the movie was crazy and ridiculous, uh, but it was a good movie just to go see in a movie theater.
1: Yeah, I, I think yeah. I mean, there's probably some Paul Walker you know spec, you know speculation that brought in some extra business, but I really don't think it was that much. I mean, The Dark Knight. You know, had some of that with Heath Ledger, but I mean, for the most part, you know, Dark Knight was just a really well done movie that people wanted to see, and I think uh, the 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 Furious franchise, it's despite its kind of courtiness to like the the average viewer, because I remember being at a trailer, like a uh, watching some trailers, and they showed I forget which one, but it might have been five or six, but I remember it was the the scene where Vin Diesel's like the falling off the cliff, Vin Diesel's in the car falling off the cliff. And I can't remember what he did, but it was something ridiculous. And the theater like busted out laughing. (laughs) Um, and, but sure enough, then that movie goes to make, you know, a whole ton of money, puts the franchise back on the map. And now we're at a point where Furious sevens making $147 million. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just, they, they know what their audience wants and they're hitting on it. And, uh, it's bringing out a bunch of winners all around.
0: Mm hmm. So, I uh, just wanted to touch on that. That was just a, an interesting bit of entertainment news. And finally, our fifth and final news bit of the week. Not a whole lot of information is known about this, but it is known that Marvel and ABC are planning an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spin off series. So, it's going to be a spin off of a spinoff. Mm-hmm. So, and we, there's not a lot of known that yeah, there's not a lot known about it. Um, just that it's going to be focusing if they do this series on the, the remaining episodes of agents of shield for this season. And it could focus on some of the characters that are currently in play, uh, and what they do, or it could be, um, about the inhumans and what they do. So it's, it's not known what it's actually going to be about yet. But it's just in the works that it's going to be coming, uh, so I thought that would be appropriate that we're talking about Marvel, that we're talking about Daredevil, and all these other things that they're doing a new series. And do you watch Agents of Shield?
1: I've watched I watched the first uh, couple of seasons. I've uh, I've fallen off recently though. Just a lot of with I I zombie has uh, thrown me off with uh, watching Shield because um, I used to uh, I, I love the uh, Fox comedies. Um, New Girl and Mindy Project. Mindy Project's wrapped, but New Girl's still going. So I would tape um, S.H.I.E.L.D. and watch New Girl live. But now, um, with iZombie, that throws off everything. I can only record so many shows. So now I'm I'm uh, watching New Girl taping iZombie, and I've kind of put uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. on hold. I do want to get back to it. Um, I've been... Underwhelmed a little bit this year, but um, at the same point, I still, you know, I still dig the show and um, wish it the best. Um, It's kind of, from what I've been reading, it's been kind of on the bubble for, you know, renewal, um, which, yeah, so the news of a spinoff kind of, you know, surprised me, but I hope it works out for them, because, I mean, yeah, they do have a lot of good things going for it, and uh, it's good to see the uh, Marvel Universe represented on TV, so, uh, yeah. Let's hope it uh, keeps going.
0: Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been keeping pretty current. I haven't seen the most recent episode, but I, I've, I've enjoyed the series. It's gone in different directions. So I, I appreciate what they're trying to do and they're introducing characters that will be relevant in the Marvel cinematic universe, um, like in the actual films, mm-hmm. whether or not they're going to play big parts or not, uh, is yet to be seen. But, uh, I, I'm a big fan of how things all tie together. I mean, that's part of the reason why I like comic books is, a, you know, you look at those big events um, like the New 52 on DC, uh, Injustice, um, Future End, uh, Secret Wars, things like that that bring all these comics together that have a big continuity. Civil War is a big one Yes. Um, where they have all these events and they all line up and they all if you, you can just read one and be fine um, or you can just read the event and be fine. But if you read them all, you get this big, cool picture, and you see how it all interplays together. I really liked when they did that with um, uh, Flashpoint Paradox, or was it just called Flashpoint. 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 Yeah, yeah that Flashpoint. was that was really cool when they had all the ones out with that. You know, Flash had his comic, and then there was the the Flashpoint version of Batman, which was Thomas Wayne as Batman, which is really cool. I think there was only three three comics on that. Uh, yeah, they
1: were limited. They were all like limited series. I think Theologist all just went like three issues. I remember. Yeah, I read a couple of those. I think I read Frankens- uh, the Frankenstein one they did. <laughs> uh, I think Lois Lane had a had one. I think I, I read for a bit. Uh, the Batman one. Yeah, I ended up reading that one. That was really good. I like the. Uh, it was a dark book. Um,
0: it was. At times
1: and yeah, I, lo- I love the direction they took with that. Um, who else? There's so many. Yeah. There- those are the main ones i read there's other ones are popping in my head but i didn't keep up with those ones
0: yeah so i mean i love that in comic books that's a commonplace thing right is this continuity between all these characters between all these different books and that that is coming over to movies and tv now is really good because it started with you know how iron man was doing their phase one marvel project and it built with Uh, the Incredible Hulk, and it built with everything else and Thor, and then they became the Avengers, and everybody freaked out. And then uh, the Avengers morphed into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and everything else has come out since then. Um, The movies for Phase 2 and everything else, it all connects together. And still, you could just watch the Iron Man movies and be fine, but it makes sense when you watch the rest of them, because it all kind of plays back and forth and gives you a a more broader perspective. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, the spin-off series, I'm all for, um, hopefully they don't put out too many series that it kind of overwhelms everybody and they can't keep up. Cause one of the nice things about movies is that you can keep up with them pretty easily. It's a, it's a movie, um, you know, two hours of your time here and there, you can go and keep up with them. But with TV series that are 20 episodes long or whatever they are, 23 or so those can get a little cumbersome especially if you fall behind exactly and yeah then... that's
1: that's what happened with me and shield i the break didn't help them either like i enjoy i, I enjoyed peggy carter or Asian carter a lot and that's a that's a show i'd like to see come back uh mm-hmm. next year but like the the break that they took to do agent carter hurt shield in my mind i would have kept watching shield during that during the uh, eight week time frame, they showed Agent Carter, but now that mm-hmm. you know Shield took that eight weeks off, it made it a little easier to not go back and watch it because I hadn't been watching it for two months.
0: Yeah, and I like you, I, I really enjoyed Agent Carter. In fact, I think it's actually probably a stronger show than Shield, uh, with with the writing and just the the acting, honestly. But Agents of Shield is has progressed and gotten pretty good. There's been a couple of lull episodes. Um, but the recent, most recent episodes have actually been really interesting and really cool, and I think it's all going to tie up and go right into the Avengers. Oh, so wow. I think I think we'll probably have a, a big lead in, which will probably cause a lot of people to want to get caught up before the Avengers. So <laughs>
1: exactly, because that's that was part of, that was like some of the early knocks in the show was, and it wasn't the show's fault. Like they were at the mercy to an extent of um, of the movies. Like I remember. Uh, you know, they were saying that it was slow uh, going for a while on the show, but that's because they, they had to wait for Captain America you know, the second Captain America movie before they could really kick into their their big storyline. And then once they did, the show the quality of the show improved because they, they you know they were able to do their thing again.
0: Yep, and it did improve a lot when when the Agents of Shield, or I'm sorry, the Captain America events happened. It was. A noticeable improvement in the quality of the show. Absolutely, yes. So, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where things go with all the Marvel Cinematic Universe endeavors. So that does it for the news this week. And typically we get into our discussion of our movie or whatever it is of the week. But first, since we have Steve on with his comic book creation experience in in his belt we'll say steve what are some things for those who are listening that are aspiring to make their own comic books that things that you wish that you would have known before making your own comic
1: Ah, thank you for asking um before i get into the things that i i wish i'd known i'm just going to touch on one thing that's the uh Probably the most common question if you're a uh, comic book writer is uh, how to find an artist. Um, I um, ended up finding mine through Facebook. Um, It was a long process getting there, though. Um, um, I found her on Facebook because I contacted another artist um, whose stuff I liked. She wasn't available, but the artist who did my book, uh, Claudia Aguirre, uh, she was, um, a friend of this person that I contacted and I ended up seeing some of her stuff online. I was like, Ooh, I like this. And I contacted her and said, Hey, would you be interested in doing a book? And she said, yeah, sure. And blah, blah, blah. We have a deal. Um, so yeah, so the, some tips on finding an artist just are, um, you can go on the internet of course, because that the internet, everybody loves the internet. Um, Al
0: Gore's creation.
1: Exactly. Yes. Um, I actually, I found the person who did my lettering for the, for the book, um, on the, uh, an ad I posted on a, a group called, like a group called web comic, uh, underdogs. Um, so yeah, so posting an ad works. Um, you gotta be careful if you post an ad just because you can get, uh, flooded with responses if you're not, uh careful with it, which could be, that could actually work for you. You know, that, that way you get to see a ton of people, a ton of people's, uh, art and, you know, make a decision. I like going to conventions to, uh, try and find artists, like hit up the, uh, artist alley at, um, at whenever you go to a comic convention, cause, uh, the people will have their stuff out there and you can take a look.
0: Um, I love going to, uh, I love going to artist alley. That's, yes. That's yeah, always it's, nice
1: it's a magical wondrous place um at the uh i'm not sh- um at the big conventions at san diego does this and uh, WonderCon did uh, has done this it's called they have a comic creator connection meeting where they set up that, like a two-hour block for uh writers and artists to uh you have to sign up in advance um i want it's possible they might if for those of you who are lucky enough to go to a comic-con this year, they might've already filled, like set it up, um, for their comic creator meeting this year. But if not, definitely look into it. If you're a, uh, either a comic book writer or a comic book artist, cause what it is, is they, it's like speed dating for finding a, you know, somebody to collaborate with basically like, uh, they have the artists set up and then the writers will go from artist to artist just saying, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm, uh, doing a uh you know a space epic comic book and would you be interested in drawing it and uh this and then you get to look at the artist will bring some of their work you uh um you know look through it of course and you know exchange information then you follow up after the event and uh um i found it to be very successful i met a lot of nice people i am uh um one guy i met last year um on a pitch list for him, for a comic anthology he's doing. So uh, yeah, those of you going to San Diego, uh, check that out if you haven't already. Um, this leads to my first tip um, that, that you might, that um, I didn't know this one in advance, but um, I, somebody had to tell it to me along the way. So I'll suggest it to you is to, when you do find an artist whose stuff you like, um, make sh- ask them for sequential art samples. Um, because it, you could c- come across, you know, a fantastic drawing, but if they can't do sequential art, you know, just showing like panel one, um, leaving the room, panel two being outside of the room, you know, if they can't do simple stuff like that, the quality of your book's going to suffer despite their great art. Um, huh. wait, um, of course, if you do come across an artist who, you know, just, you love their stuff, but their sequential art isn't the best. You can still keep them in mind to do your cover or something like that, or if you, um, yeah, just or just keep them in mind just for you know art purposes in general. But yeah, when you're looking for an artist for your book, you want to uh, find somebody who you know has uh, has a lot of strong sequential art samples.
0: So someone who may not have a strong sequential art could do a great job for a cover.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so they're totally, yeah, because, totally, yeah, good art's worth keeping on your radar for sure. So, yeah, so if yeah, they're not the strongest at sequential, be like, hey, um, I'm going to go another route for the book, but if you'd want to draw my cover, or if you're being, you know, really, uh, um, you're going for the bull for lack of another for lack of a other way to put it, you're, you know, you're going big, you're doing multiple covers, you know, you could have somebody do one of your covers and you can have a variant cover, charge a little more for it if you want um you know with their stuff and yeah however you want to do it more power to you. Cool. Uh now let's see now some stuff I came across for my book that um I didn't think of at the time was the layout of the book. Um if you get hired to work you know work for a comic book company, they're gonna have their own parameters of how their book are set up. But if you're doing your own book, you're in charge, which uh I you know, I had it in the back of my mind, but a couple of things hit me along the way that I wasn't uh, quite prepared for. Luckily, everything worked out in the end. But um, with the book layout, uh, you get to decide how you want, if you're doing your own book, you could decide how you want to set up. Um, I've been seeing some books recently where they start the, uh, they'll start their story right on the inside cover. The inside cover is going to be page one. And then, you know, uh, the next page is going to be page two and so forth like that. Um, What's common in like the big books, I think Marvel will do like maybe Marvel. The big books will tend to have an ad sometimes on page on the inside cover. Um, Others might put their recaps or the uh, the credits with my book. What I ended up doing was I had just the the brief credits on uh, my inside cover and then I started the story on page one which when I wrote my script, I didn't actually factor that in. I think I factored it in that I was going to start page one on the left, so my even pages would be on the right. So like uh, page one left, page two right. I ended up doing page one right, so all my odd pages were on the right, even pages on the left, which is something else of note with comic book writing is uh, you want to set up your – Cliffhangers. Ideally, you want to set them up so that there's a surprise on a on the uh, page that, like, when they turn the page, there's a surprise waiting for them. You cliffhanger at the last panel of your uh, page-turning page, uh, su- then surprise. If you're going to surprise the reader, you can do it on the top of the next page after they turn the page
0: on the reverse side yeah that's that's one of the reasons why i like comiXology with their guided view Mm
1: -hmm. is so
0: that i don't accidentally see something before i'm supposed to see it so like every cell can be its own cliffhanger
1: exactly yeah yeah it's some um i know with mark wade's uh digital company i believe it's it's thrillbent.com he's he's made it a point to uh be able to surprise the reader with just by by just being able to click the mouse like you won't miss, you won't miss anything because it comes at you at your own pace. Whereas, um, no matter how disciplined you are, like reading a comic, reading a print comic book, your eyes bound to occasionally glance at the, uh, next page without meaning to, and then you're like, Oh, well this is coming up. Even the quickest glance gives you a little bit of a, uh, spoiler or hint as to Mm -hmm. what's going to come up. But, um, so yeah, see if, um, you just want to keep that in mind when you're doing, you know, doing your own stuff. Um, what else do I have for that? Um, oh, if you have a logo, um, or you want to come up, come up with a logo. When I was doing my book, I, uh, I didn't really, I knew that going in, I was going to have to do a logo, but then I kind of put it off for a while. And then as we're wrapping up, I got very lucky and, uh, I started with my artist and I was like, Hey, would you mind doing a logo for the book? And she's like, Oh, I don't really do logos. And I was like, Ruh, um, but then I, she said she – you know, a, a friend that she collaborates with did a logo, and then I ended up being able to get the logo from her. But if I hadn't thought of that in advance, then I would have been up Dawson's Creek without a paddle. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, just keep that in mind is what you want the logo to be. You might need to uh, go elsewhere for your logo. I think my plan B, I would have just had my letterer done some something with the uh, – something with um, – you know, with the logo, but I, I don't know how good that would have came out. Probably okay, but, but yeah, if, um, your artist isn't going to do it, I would suggest hiring like a graphic artist or a graphic designer to do your logo, because that's going to be on your cover. You could have an eye popping cover, but if you don't have a, you know, strong, uh, title, you know, logo title, then people are, you know, people are still going to end up missing it, I think. So, uh, um, yeah, have a, have a strong logo, and um, think of think of what you want to do with your back page. Um, again, when you're do, you're doing a book for somebody else, they'll take care of that. But your own book, then you I was almost faced with the uh, having a blank page on the back cover. But we ended up throwing the logo. Uh, the printing company I went to, they ended up throwing the logo on the back to uh, fill that area. Oh okay. Um, yeah. And then um, along those lines relay your printing guidelines to the uh to the people you're working with um i was you can if you're unsure of what those are like you know especially if you're a first timer you can ask the uh the printer um the printer what those are and they whoever you're doing is doing your printing should be able to get you that information and then you in turn can relay it to the people you're working with uh i was working with uh seasoned people, people had, had done books before. So yeah, they, they knew exactly what all this stuff meant, but the stuff was like when I, when I went through the printing guidelines, I was, I was somewhat familiar, but at the same time, a couple of things in there seemed rather foreign. Um, so yeah, luckily they, they knew what they're, were, they were doing. And um, yeah, just relay any sort of deadlines that you uh, um, need to meet. Um, I, I did to an extent, let like, I, I told the people I was working with, oh, I want to have the book done by the uh, end of October. Um, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then, um, we hit a little, we made it, we made the deadline, but it was like a roller coaster getting there. We hit a little art snag late in the process. And then when the art was finally done, uh, he was like, I told the letter, oh, hey, art's all done. Can you finish this? He's like, oh no, I got some stuff going on. And it's like rut row. I'm using the rut row again. But uh, uh-huh. <laughs> he, uh, But yeah, so it worked out OK. I ended up paying a little extra so we could, um, you know, do like a you know rush on it. Um, so yeah, and then got the and then you want to check with your printer and see how long they need to uh, do the book. Um, I got the I was able to get the book to them just in just in the nick of time so they can have it done for the convention I needed it for. Um, but yeah, so plan that out is, uh, when you want your book by and relay, check with whoever's doing your printing, see how much time they need to get it done. And then, uh, yeah, just relay your deadline to, um, to the people you're working with. Good to know. I think that's the meat and potatoes of the main things that, uh, that I came across when I was uh, doing the, doing, uh, my book.
0: Yeah. Well, there's, so there's, I'm sure, a a big learning curve, obviously, and now you've taken this information, and do you think that this will make it a lot smoother or faster than for your next project to be completed?
1: Oh, definitely, yes. Yeah, no, yeah, getting this stuff out of the way, yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, eye opening and enlightening. Now I, I know what to expect for, yeah, next time around.
0: Well, good. So, your first project, was that George W. Bush Vampire Hunter?
1: Um my first uh, print comic, yes. I dabbled in a uh uh web comic in 2013. Uh did a web comic for about uh 3 or 4 months and uh um going way way back, I, I remember I kind of came full circle in a sense. I used to uh draw mainly just to entertain myself in school. I used to draw my own comics um, Never did anything with them, really. They were just for me. I mean, I'd show them to friends and stuff like that, and they'd laugh. But uh, yeah, I never did anything with them. And then um, along the way, you know, I really got into screenwriting in college. That's um, I'm actually using comic book writing as a gateway to get into screenwriting.
0: Very Uh, similar, from what I hear.
1: Yes, exactly, yeah. However you can get in anywhere, Um, sometimes screenwriting gets you into comics. Other times, comics gets you into screenwriting. Um, yeah, there's no one way to get in. Um, so yeah, so along the, and then, um, along the way I decided, oh, you know, I want to, uh, well, actually what happened was I got into comic book writing, uh, because I had written a TV pilot that my manager had gotten to, um, one of the big uh, cable networks. And I was told that, uh, it went as high as they can go and they all loved it, but it got passed on. Because it's a female lead character. What? Exactly. Um, and they prefer male leads for their programs. Um, which then when I looked at it, was, it was correct. I, they really didn't have any f- uh, female le- lead programming, which is a shame. But it's how they roll, and it, it worked for them. So, so how do you
0: take this thing to like Amazon or Netflix or Hulu?
1: Exactly, yeah. So what it, my, my idea was um, I'm going to turn it into a comic book. So this way, if somebody wants to... Uh, do something with it they'll have to get the rights rights through it uh through me they'll you know and stuff like that and then i can be involved in any sort of deals that come of it tv movies etc and then so yeah so um advice i gotten along the way was you don't want your your big project to be your first project so uh that's where george w bush vampire hunter came in i i had the idea for a while now i was originally going to do that as a web series um but it actually it worked so much better as a uh, just you know single issue comic book than it would have been ex- you know an expanded web series because i would have just gotten to it a lot of stuff would have been dragged out in the comic uh, condensing everything into the one you know single story just works so well
0: well I'm, but, I'm pretty sure with the way this comic book ends it kind of leaves it open for a sequel
1: yes yeah i uh i do have an idea for a sequel and uh it could come up down the line, but it also is probably not likely. I had a lot of fun writing it, though, and I would actually love to go back to it. So I'm not saying never to it, but it won't be anytime soon.
0: Yeah. So looking at the you know the George W. Bush Vampire Hunter, you obviously have the comic book, right? Is there have you ever thought of doing since you know I've been getting more into the the audio side of things? Have you ever thought of doing an audio version like a like a radio drama?
1: Um, a little bit. I, Because, um, yeah, I keep... I'll, I'll do the voices in my head from time to time.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh... I, uh... I do miss old-timey radio like that. Um, do you listen to the uh, the Thrilling Adventure Hour?
0: I do not. But I probably listen to stuff that's similar to that.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't actually listened either, but I, I know people that have, and they've raved about it, and I... I've almost gone to some like last year when I was at, down at Comic Con, they had a, a thriller, thrilling Adventure Hour uh, like live show, and I I had planned on going, but I ended up I got caught up doing something else, so missed it. But yeah, yeah, stuff like that is uh, is pretty big. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely open to doing something like that in regard uh, regards to uh, like dramatic readings of comics.
0: You just need to get someone who can do a good George W. Bush, and you'll be all set, man. Yes. And
1: actually, I uh, do know a person or two, so yeah, that would be awesome.
0: Because the Taylor Lautner voice is pretty easy, I would think, (laughs) to get someone who could kind of mimic that, but you need a good GW.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it lives and dies on him, so yes, you definitely need a strong W.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Well, so for our listeners now, how can they read what you have done? How can they find George W. Bush Vampire Hunter, or can they?
1: If you're in California, yes, um, because that's where I am, and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's for sale at uh, Meltdown Comics. Um,
0: Which is where I got it.
1: Yes, 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 and then, uh, yeah, Nathan was in town and uh, stopped over at the fine uh, Meltdown Comics and picked it up, and we ended up meeting through that comic via social media, and uh, now we're, we're doing this, so it's- Shout uh,
0: out to Josh at Meltdown.
1: Yes, go Josh. Um, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to be, um, doing something on free comic book day out here. I'll, uh, still waiting for the details, but I believe I'm going to be at the comic bug. Um, I think the Manhattan beach store, um, giving away free comics, um, free W's there or free George W Bush vampire Hunter's there. And then there's two stores so far that'll be giving it away as well. Um, secret headquarters in, uh, Silver Lake, and uh, House of Secrets in Burbank. Uh, I talked to the fine people there, and they, uh, they said they'll be happy to give some away on Free Comic Book Day, which is the first Saturday in May, May 2nd. It's a glorious day. You uh, just go to a comic book store, and there's various companies that have uh, free comic books available. Uh, have you done Free Comic Book Day at all?
0: I have, and so I have one local shop here that uh, it's an Acme Comic Book Store, and they are in it. And I also, if you go to like, I think, um, Comicsology also is is involved with it Ooh, where they actually, have they free comic that. books for that too.
1: Oh, very cool.
0: Have you so?
1: Oh, uh, I getting... One other note, if you had anybody listening out there, you uh. You want a copy? Hit me up on uh, social media. Uh, my uh, Twitter handle is at uh, Steve Waldinger. My name, which is S T E V E W A L D I N G E R. Uh, follow me, and I can—I'll uh, I'll make sure I get you one. Cool. And, all, and that's my the same handle on Instagram too. If you want to follow me there, yeah, just follow me on those, and uh, I'll make sure to get you a copy.
0: What would it take to get your so is it available digitally?
1: Not yet, um, but it's a it's rather easy to convert to digital. Um, so I might uh, do that because yeah, the uh, my letterer uh, T Perrin Mitchell out of Philadelphia, super nice guy. When he when I was uh, when he's doing the pages, he asked that very question. He asked if it's uh, if it's if I'm doing print or uh, digital, uh, and I said I'll just print right now, but I might do. Uh, digital down the line, he said, okay, yeah, just let me know. It's a simple, just hit of a button to uh, do it digitally. So, yeah, cool. digital could be coming soon.
0: So with uh, with digital then, if you're able to put it on digitally and let's say, let's say you can get in bed with Amazon or Comixology, same company anymore, but um, and have them give away your comic for free – I, it's probably not going to generate revenue for you, but it would get your name out there. Is that a possibility that you've thought about? Oh, definitely, do? yeah.
1: Um, I yes, Comicsology, yeah, so yeah they they've been very friendly to the uh, to the indie creator. They uh, they have their you can, anybody can go online and submit a comic to them. Um, I think I haven't done it yet, just because I know, I've only come across how they do it from like when you're selling the comic because they uh, they I know they're, they're very fair about it I, I believe if I'm remembering correct they do it that you um, they they keep them they will keep the revenue from the comic until they've made you know their money back from putting the comic on the site and so forth like that and then once you know once they get their fees back then I believe any money that comes from it goes to you. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't sure how that would affect a, a, a book for free, whereas, you know, they still have their costs to cover. So I've been weighing the, the, the pros and cons of, uh, you know, doing that. And since I'm not a math guy, I haven't quite crunched the numbers to see if it's worth putting out there for free. <laughs> but once I uh, do bust out my calculator, then, yeah, I could very well make it, make its Comixology appearance. And then I'll, be, I'll make sure to be posting about that on the social
0: media. The socials. Mm hmm. Cool. Well, very cool discussion. Um, anything further you'd like to add on? Uh, any you know thoughts that you have on making comics or anything that you want to tease?
1: If you're on the fence about doing a comic, do it. Just plain and simple. <laughs> um, for you writers out there, um, a uh, comic book is like it's the equivalent of a headshot for an actor uh, slash actress. Uh, because you can uh, you know when you want to submit your comic to like a uh, an agent or something or when you want to submit a script to like an agent, a studio etc um, you know they can't take unsolicited material but with a comic book it's a published uh, it's a published uh, work so that they can they can go ahead and take that like I actually, at WonderCon this past week, and I gave it to uh, several companies. I gave it to Marvel. I gave it to uh, Boom Studios. I gave it to IDW, um, and yeah, they they all had no qualms about taking it because it's a published uh, published work. So uh, it's it's not it's good exposure for you. Um, it's it's just a wonderful medium. Uh, yeah, it's just incredible. Um, so yeah, do your own book. Um, I do have some more projects coming up in the near future. Uh, I'm uh, in the short – they're not quite ready yet because I'm delving into other things. I'm actually doing stand-up for the first time here in uh, about – on 10 days actually. 10 days from this taping I believe is I'll be doing my first stand-up show. Oh, nice. For ULA people, I'm doing it at the El Cid at – I believe this show is Monday, the t- Monday, April 20th at 10 PM.
0: Um, Monday, April 20th at 10 PM. People, if you're in LA go, yes, please. T-
1: say hi afterwards and make sure you laugh during the show. It's required. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. And yeah, hopefully I'll have some, uh, some webs I, I want to do. I want to get back into the web comic, uh, business. I was doing that, um, as I mentioned late 2013 and I, I missed having something we posted twice a week when we were going good I miss I miss that uh, I miss getting to do that so I, I'm looking to get back into that just I actually some of the people I met with at uh, WonderCon last weekend I talked you know uh, met some people that were interested in collaborating on something so hopefully soon I'll have
0: something out there very cool man well I wish you well in all your endeavors Oh, thank you kindly so How about we move into our entertaining thoughts for this week? Aye. This week we are continuing our Phase 2 Marvel film series with... Thor, the Dark World. Wait, I don't know why Insidious came out there. Sorry. (laughs) Thor, the Dark World.
1: (laughs) Well, it's an Insidious title, you know, the Dark World. If it was like the Happy World, you know, you'd be like, oh, Thor, the Happy World, yay, but now it's Thor, the Dark World. So yeah, it's it's just natural to say it insidiously.
0: In a Dark World. (laughs) So, yeah, so... Now, I'm just going to come out and say it. Last week, I had... I teased that this movie and Iron Man 3 had something in common. And I gotta get this off my chest. I just gotta say it now to make sure I don't forget to say it. Both Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World have better film scores than the movie itself is good. Now, I don't know if that's the best way to say that or not, but I rate their film scores higher than I would rate the movie itself. So I just had to say that, but they both have really strong film scores. The movie doesn't quite meet the potential of the film score. Okay, anyway, (laughs) that's off my chest now.
1: That's good to let go. Good job.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's out there. It's in the ether. And, you know, this movie deals with the ether, so yeah, it it works. So, Steve, let's just talk with. Start with you, obviously. Um, Thor: The Dark World came out after the Avengers.
1: Came out after Iron
0: Man three. Yeah, and it, it dealt with the the events of the Avengers. You know, you have some people, you know, you know, mentioning New York. Uh, and Natalie Portman's character was like smacked him because he didn't come and see her. And, you know, he was battling and saving all humankind. He's like, oh, OK, whatever. So just give me your overall thoughts of this movie. Give me what you like, what you don't like. Just lay it all out there.
1: Overall, it was kind of it was uh, meh. I did like it, uh, but, I you know, I didn't come away. I wasn't like. Raving about it like I had, you know, with some of the previous Marvel movies, um, it was it was good for sure. Um, it had it did have its good moments, but I, I love uh, I love the Loki storyline in that. Like that, the Loki stuff alone has me excited for you know a future Thor movie. Uh, we could talk spoilers, right? Or we'll it's probably oh, yeah, so by the way. there's going to be spoilers if you yeah. Haven't spoilers
0: seen it yet. spoilers will be coming for the Marvel movies.
1: Yes. Yeah, so yeah, with with Loki, yeah, oh my god, that was such, I didn't, like, I didn't see that coming at the, like, I knew they weren't gonna kill Loki, of course, but um, I did not see that coming, that he, swatched, he swapped places and is now hidden as Odin, that that alone is, oh my god, that's gonna make such a great Thor, Thor 3, even though it wasn't Thor 2, you know, good, not great, I am so excited for Thor 3, just based based on that.
0: So do you think in the next Avengers movie we're going to get some passing mention uh, from Thor that Odin's been acting really weird? <laughs> well,
1: I, if I am remembering correct, I believe Tom Hedleston is I, – I know he hasn't been shown in any of the uh, trailers or anything. But I believe – I think like they showed like a movie poster and like his name is featured on the poster. So I think in some capacity we'll see a little bit of Loki. Um that would be funny. <laughs> I hope it's that exact quote. I hope Lorbe's like, Verily, Odin's, my father has been acting odd. <laughs> it must be all the extra mead he's been drinking. Uh-huh. Ah, oh, that's funny. But yeah, I think um, uh, Idris Elba, if if I'm remembering correctly, Idris Elba's name was on that poster, so um, we'll see Heimdall in some, for at least a little bit.
0: And um, I like Heimdall. He, he actually had a Really cool scene in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, those, and then some of the other people are are not people from, other from other movies. Like I think Sam Mackey's name was on there, so we'll be seeing the Falcon in some capacity. Haley Atwell, I believe. So uh, Peggy Carter. Flashbacks. Was that? Flashbacks. Yes, exactly. And or old Peggy, we'll see what's. No way she. Didn't she, she died in Captain America, is that correct?
0: Uh, I can't remember. Uh, we'll be I, talking about that next week, so I'll remember oh, after next week. Cool, but, yeah, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll save she it. She was old. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, I, I remember that. And she had amnesia. Or not amnesia, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh what's it called? Uh, I can't remember, but she, she kind of forgets what happened and then, you know, will relive things not long after they go through it. I forget is that what that's Alzheimer's? called. I think so. That might be it.
1: Either Alzheimer's or Memento disease. One or the other.
0: Memento disease. Is that a thing? Memento disease, or is that just based from the movie Memento by, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nolan. Chris Nolan. Nolan. Yeah, Chris Nolan.
1: In the movie, it was, uh, and I'm I'm ashamed of myself for forgetting this because it's my current all-time favorite movie of all time. Mm. Um, but yeah, it had it had a name in the, uh, uh in the movie that condition. I believe it was a, if not made-up condition, it was a uh, heavily um, fictionalized-adjusted slash adjusted, uh, condition.
0: Okay. Interesting. So she may have had memento disease, or uh, it could be Alzheimer's, but yeah. <laughs> that's uh, That'll be in next week, so that'll be cool to see how that all comes back in together to play with the Avengers.
1: Oh, for sure, yes. So, uh, yeah, I think part of what, part of just why I didn't get too, too much into this movie was just because I don't know, uh, I've been reading comics my whole life, um, and uh, I've picked up more than a few issues of Thor, but I, on the whole, I don't know that much Thor, so, um, your Mal-
0: Thor lore, Wh- what's that, you're not as up on your Thor lore,
1: Oh yes, exactly, uh yes my thor lore is uh a snore just to... <laughs> <laughs> not accurate but it rhymes so
0: there you go
1: so yeah so i wasn't familiar with Malkith the villain and on the whole i didn't find him that engaging all in all um that said i am reading the uh the current thor that's out and uh with the female thor and Malkith plays a uh a big role in that and that's been a a really good read
0: I've been wanting to read that, and I've also been wanting to read the new Spider-Man with Spider-Gwen.
1: Oh, yes. Spider-Gwen's a good series, too. Yeah, I love that. I love all the female the female uh, uh, protagonist stories they have out right now. Going Evidently, the suits over at the after. TV
0: stations don't like them, though. <laughs>
1: exactly, yes. boo those stupid TV stations. They'll come around. <laughs> I'll learn them yet.
0: Well, that's cool. So, anything else? before I take the floor?
1: Oh, just a uh, quick little side story on um, Thor and how it almost related to my the webcomic I was doing. Um, so in 2013, from May to September, uh, me and a friend of mine, Chris, uh, we were doing a webcomic called Wolvie's Buds, which featured these little uh, cutesy little... Um, forget if they were pop dolls or if they were called something else but there were these cutesy little dolls um and so we, you know we named him appropriately cutesy like um wolvie was wolverine he was our uh <laughs> protagonist and it had to do with uh, the premise was that you know wolverine is you know he's stuck teaming up with everybody he's like in all the books you know because he's so popular he's like popping up everywhere. So the premise was that Wolvie was doing all these team-ups that he didn't particularly want to do. We launched the webcomic um, when Iron Man 3 opened up, um, and so we were capitalizing on that. We had our first arc um, be Wolvie and Iron Man, uh, Iron Man who was Iron Manny. And <laughs> uh, they started out, uh, they met, uh, Iron Man comes flying in, our Iron Man comes flying in. Wolvie's like, "Oh great, there goes my day. I have to do a team up." And Iron Man comes in with a bottle of tequila, which they quickly drank and started partying, harding. Um, and then, so along the way, we d- we went from May to September, and uh, we would tie into um, you know s- stuff that was um, you know coming out at the time. So 2013, uh, the Wolverine movie came out, which was a natural time because our main character was Wolvie. Um, when Man of Steel came out, we had a, uh, a storyline going where Wolvie was fighting Soupy Man over the uh, the rights to go out with Wendy Woman. <laughs> um, and uh, that. We didn't get to finish that arc, unfortunately, but um, the arc. W- w- it was a long like, arc that yeah had Wolvie bumping into a bunch of people along the way because he's uh, at various points trying to get help to to beat up Soupy Man. He. Uh, at one point, he meets uh, Harry Pottery Barn, who was our Harry Potter, who was a, uh, a, a major stoner. Uh, we originally were gonna call him uh, uh, Harry. Oh my God, I can't remember what we were gonna call him. It was uh, It was Harry did, um, but now I oh Harry Potter. duh, uh, nah. but that was already taken. So yeah, we went. We made a joke about uh, Pottery Barn. Uh, product placement. That's why it was Harry Pottery Barn. Um, so how this relates to Thor is that um, I was planning ahead to when Thor 2 was going to come out, and um, I had this arc planned. Or, uh, Chris, uh, he was doing the, uh, um, the animation slash arc for it, and he wanted uh, to do a story where um, Iron Many, our our lovable drunk, meets Harry Pottery Barn, our lovable pothead, uh, so we were gonna do a story that would that would have co- uh, came out when uh, Thor hit theater, Thor two hit the theaters, where um, Iron Man and uh, Wolvie want to get to uh, Asgardy because it's like a mate, it's like uh, a nonstop party up there. Um, like I, along the way, oh Iron Manie would have actually said Thor uh, called it Asgardy, um, so they were trying to get up to uh at uh, Asgardy to party, you know, with Thor and stuff like that. But they would have needed a magic guy to get up there. So then they would have brought in uh, Harry Pottery Barn so that they could all go up to As uh Asgardy and party, but unfortunately we didn't get to do that storyline. <laughs>
0: that that would have been interesting.
1: And um oh just one other yeah it's not related at all to the webcomic, but just a note about Thor 2 is uh uh it's, uh, Kat Dennings is possibly the, she's definitely a scene stealer in those movies. She's possibly my favorite part of all the, the, uh, the Thor movies so far, possibly because mm-hmm. it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of other good performances there, but yeah, Kat Dennings definitely stands out in part just cause she's awesome.
0: Yeah. So that was going to be one thing that I brought out too. In this movie, her performance and her comedic timing and the way she said things was just excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, every scene that she was in pretty much, she stole it because um uh, I mean, there is, what comes to memory was the time when, you know, everyone's like, you're here, you're here, you're here, meow, meow, it <laughs> flies by. And then, uh, like when she goes and finds Natalie's character in the, uh, the restaurant when her and Chris O'Dowd are having lunch and she just grabs the chair and pulls it up there and makes the loud noise and everything and just has the whole thing. Uh, she, every scene that she was in, she was the highlight.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I would love to see her in in, uh, Age of Ultron, but I think it's going to be a crowded house, so I highly doubt she's going to make the cut. But, uh, yes, if she's in there, that will just make a great movie that much greater.
0: Yeah. So, let me go ahead and go over my uh, opinion of Thor The Dark World. First off, cool action scenes. Mm -hmm. Um. I remember seeing this movie in the theater in three D, and the three D looked good. And as you can tell from, like, if you watch the Blu Ray or a high definition version, it looked crisp on a lot of the stuff because it means mostly CG um, with this movie, especially with all the different realms and things. So, props to the to the visuals, right? Good visuals.
1: For sure, yes.
0: Props, like I said, to the score. The score was really good. Brian Taylor again, um, he did a great job with the score. Really continues and matches what you think of when you think of Thor and the Asgardian culture and everything with that um, triumphant, um, a little bit ominous here and there. A good score. Excellent film score.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll sign off on that, yes.
0: Now, the antagonist, okay? Malekith. He wants to turn off the lights, right? We don't know why. Mm-hmm. We never know why he's so intent on making everything dark. Is it because that he really hates the sun and doesn't want vitamin D at all? Does the, is that poisoning to him? Well, uh, does he just want he to throw hero, midnight raves all the time? Skin cancer.
1: You know, he's trying to get rid of skin cancer.
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. Um, maybe he's he's you know he's in league with someone that makes glow sticks and they want to make sure that their funds are secure. We don't know. It could be any of those things. It's never explained why he wants to turn off the lights. (laughs) I mean, when I was younger, my dad was always, you know, tell me to turn off the lights because it saves energy and the planet and this and that, whatever. Fine. He wants to destroy everything anyway. So he doesn't care about saving energy (laughs) or anything else. We don't know why he's doing what he's doing. So there's that. Uh, the cursed guys; those were kind of cool uh, when they when they showed up, and the one guy that was undercover, I guess you could say, that went in to break out of Asgard uh, as a cursed. Uh, they were they were kind of cool characters, um, but uh, this movie, okay. Had some cool scenes. Um, Frida was really cool in this movie.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Like, she was, you know, protecting um, Natalie Portman's character. I can't remember what her name is. Oh, Jane Foster. Jane Foster, that's right. Uh, So, she was protecting her in that one scene where, you know, she eventually died. That was actually... I was sad to see that because she was a good character in this movie. Up to that point, she was one of the stronger supporting cast. And... She actually fought and went out fighting, mm-hmm. which I guess is appropriate for the Asgard culture too. So,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I feel the same way. She was a, a strong character. Uh, Rene Russo is a great actress too. So yeah, you had a great actress playing a strong character. So yeah, it's a shame she's you know gone. She actually and the comics she's uh, she's playing a role uh, uh, a role right now in the uh, the Thor in the the current Thor comics. So. But yeah, like, cool. of course, the cinematic universe is totally different from the comics. So yeah, so right. she's gone, which is a bummer. Yeah, we the audience is the losers, but yeah. we're not fighting. So I mean, you can't you can't go wrong there.
0: So she, the queen of Asgard, goes out. The king is still around, who has to sleep every other episode. <laughs> and I, Anthony Hopkins, is a great actor. He really is. He's got he's got the the record to prove it, but. I don't know if it's the acting direction or what he's interpreting Odin is, but his Odin is over the top. I mean, it's in, in last week's epi- or not last week's in the last episode of Thor, he had this weird thing where he just had these weird reactions to things. And in this time, he's always just got these weird reactions in the way he, I don't know, his, his reaction to the death of Frida didn't seem right. Um, but I guess, I mean, he's a king, sure. Maybe he can't show his emotions, but... Just the way that Anthony Hopkins said things, too, when he was arguing with Thor about what to do with the ether, And maybe they're just painting Odin to be this character that will need to be replaced and give him reasons why he needs to be replaced and show you why Thor would be a better leader than him... I, I don't think that that's the right way to go with that Odin character because Odin is you know an all powerful character. He's got a great backstory if you look at the comics, really. But I just Anthony Hopkins is not doing him justice.
1: Did you dig his performance in uh, the first in in the first Thor?
0: It yeah. was okay. I mean, half that movie he was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> the Odin sleep.
0: I I want to sign up for that gig. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, So I I don't know. I'm just. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins is a good actor. I just don't. I I don't dig him as Thor.
1: You had the uh, The director change. You know, Kenneth Branagh directed the first Thor, um, who strikes me as more of an actor's director, um, which could partially explain why Odin was off in this in Thor two. Um, Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those. I think part of it too is, you know, Odin. It he's such a powerful character that you have to find ways to make him, and ine- so that he can be ineffectual. And I think that's where that's Thor too kind of suffered from that more mm-hmm. so than the first. Well, the first movie is sleeping a lot, but yeah, this one yeah suffers because of Thor. If you really think, you know, Odin is so he's one of the, like the. Biggest powerhouses, period, in the Marvel Universe. So yeah, you have to kind of find a way so that he doesn't, you know, just oh hey, I'm Odin, I'm just gonna like wipe out everything, you know, stuff like Mm -hmm.
0: that. Yeah. So there's that, and then so Idris Elba did obviously. I love him in this movie too because he's a strong supporting character. Also, there's a lot of strong supporting characters in this movie. Mm -hmm. The the main the main you know cast i don't know but the supporting seems to be pretty good because um, there's that scene where he you know senses the the elf ship coming that's cloaked and then runs up the thing and just jumps on it and takes it down single-handedly that, that was pretty that was pretty awesome but um and then he puts up the shield around asgard only for the curse to just go and swipe his hand at it and the shield goes down <laughs> how okay seriously where's the protection for the shield where's the shield for the shield generator? <laughs> Come on, guys! <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. Um, uh, great acting again from from uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Great performance. Um, still, still always enjoy his 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 Loki cast. That was that was great casting when they did that for oh, him. Oh, for and sure, Thor. yes. Um, but and then Chris. Uh, this is Chris Hemsworth. There's so many Chris's now in the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth, he plays Thor again, and I think he does a fine job as Thor. It's okay. Um, His... (laughs) Two times in this movie, I was reminded of uh, Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith with Anakin and Padme. Uh, Just like, there was a scene with them looking out over a water that reminded me of it, and then there was a scene with them being, you know, like... Close or kissing or something like that. They they just both reminded me of it, and that's not necessarily a good thing because that chemistry that was portrayed in the movies wasn't very good uh, for the Anakin and Padme. Mm-hmm. But it's okay, whatever. Um, and uh, like I said, the supporting cast, especially with uh, the Doctor Selvig, <laughs> his little antics were were really good. I mean, this movie had a lot of good comedic parts. Um, the serious things not so much but the the comedic parts really really kicked off so i, I if i look at this movie as a comedy i would say it was it was a success oh
1: yeah but it's
0: really not a comedy <laughs> exactly so i mean those are my overall thoughts and impressions of this movie i do have to come out and say that this is the first movie i think that we really get introduced to the infinity stones because he calls out that the ether is one of the, you know, one of the relics or one of the art- artifacts. Um, most of them were in stone form, but this one is like a liquid that's, you know, ever-changing, the ether. So, we, he kind of is describing those Infinity Stones. We've seen uh, a few of them so far. The Tesseract, and I think we saw another one, but then, yeah, then the Guardians, Guardians had one we too. See one more. Yeah.
1: But our Guardians had the one from Thor.
0: Well, I... there's the one from Thor, and I think there's another one that was in there too. Because the the one of the there's the tesseract, there's the Loki pokey stick, there's the ether, and yeah, there's something those are else we've seen.
1: Stones or not, or because yeah, I'm drawing a blank right now. Because I, I Cause... took away. I, I remember initially when I was initially seeing them, I took away that the tesseract was like a a version of the cosmic cube. But mm-hmm. i I think you're I think you're right that I think that's meant to be an infinity stone. But yeah, yeah I think that's
0: supposed to be like the power. Yeah. Stone. And I think the the Loki pokey stick was the mind gem. And then the ether is, spirit something like
1: that. It could be oh, the soul gem I think.
0: The soul, and then the, the one from Guardians I can't remember what that one was.
1: I think I think the one from Guardians was the one that because that's how because that, that, of the tie-in scene at the end when uh, like the the mid-credits scene where Sif and Bullstag Sif and somebody drop off the uh, stone with the collector um, for for oh yeah because there's two stones for sure yeah the Tesseract is one because they were keeping that one at Asgard and then they took the uh, the second one to uh, the co- the collector. So that you know, because they they knew it was foolish to keep both stones in the same location,
0: right? And and that was the ether, yes. That they that they gave to him, and then in in Guardians, which we'll get to in a couple of weeks, uh, the collector they bring him the thing he opens up, which is the purple stone.
1: Oh, that's right. Um, yeah.
0: And they use it at the end of the movie, but I can't remember what that one is. <laughs> we've seen a few of them so far. Yes. So those will come into play in greater effect later on down the road. But So we get to see, or get, we get kind of introduced to them in this movie. So it plays a, a role in that aspect of things. Yes. Um,
1: that's, yeah, that's a definite, uh, definite redeeming quality of Thor too. is getting the Infinity Stones out there. Because, yeah, they're going to play a big role down the line. If the Avengers 3 plan sticks, then you know, you're going re- to be seeing them all in uh, Avengers 3, if they Mm -hmm. stick with their current plan.
0: Yeah, which I think they are, because they officially announced the Russos as the directors. Oh, that's right, yeah. uh, Just recently, so... But yeah, so those are my overall thoughts and opinions of Thor, the Dark World. Um, Not a big fan of the Dark Elves that were portrayed. Uh, Not a fan of Malekith. Uh, He wants to turn off the light and doesn't say really why. Mm -hmm. Um... Thor stops him sure but it was just kind of I didn't care yeah, you know we, yeah. when we got to London I didn't care
1: <laughs> that was yeah I mean I was long for the ride but at the same point you know I wasn't terribly invested it's like okay cool yeah do your thing you're doing okay
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I I, like, for you.
0: yeah uh, I do like uh, again supporting character uh, Chris O'Dowd The guy that was The guy that uh, Natalie Portman's character Went on the date on At the restaurant And called her later on he, He's funny uh, And I appreciated his character In the movie too So that was pretty cool Yes But
1: Yeah so um, but like it, it, Shout out to Jamie Alexander Sif Very good stuff Oh yeah she It was, was cool seeing oh, her Pop up good. on S.H.I.E.L.D. And she's gonna pop up again I hear
0: uh, She already did
1: Oh she did Okay yes yeah. uh, that, that reason to Get caught up
0: <laughs> Yeah so, she was good in the movie, obviously, um, and I do like when Loki left to go with him, that how they were all like, if you do anything, I'm going to kill you, like, you know, the form a line, because everybody was saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I forget the character's name, but Zachary Levi was recast, or I mean, was, he, well, cast he was the recast
1: as... from Yeah, Josh, whatever, the guy from uh, Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Fandral, I believe.
0: Yes. Um, and he had more screen time and more dialogue, I think, this time than the first time anyway. So there was a recast. We don't really care that much about this one because there's a big... It's not like War Machine and Rhodey, you know, where it went from Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. That was a pretty big thing because you don't have any supporting characters uh, anyway. But this one, he kind of gets lost in the crowd, so whatever.
1: Exactly, yeah. He Just in general, yeah, he didn't play... Thandral doesn't play that much of a role in... Uh, this movie so yeah it's it's kind of it's an it's a notice it's not a noticeable or major difference really between the two because he, he he's um Rhodey is much more important in the iron man movies than fandral is in the thor movies
0: most definitely yeah so what we typically do uh steve after this is kind of rank our marvel movies up to this point so we don't include we won't include the guardians or winter soldier Uh, or obviously Avengers and Ant-Man yet because they aren't really they aren't yet in the release order so um, I'll go first so that will kind of give you some time to compose your thoughts and I'm gonna start at the top and I know last week I I may have flipped these around but now I've written them down so this is the official list going forward with my uh, my ranking so first Uh, is the Avengers. That's my favorite up to this point. Then Iron Man. Then Iron Man 2. Followed by Captain America. Followed by Iron Man 3. Thor. The Incredible Hulk. And dragging in the bottom is Thor. The Dark World. Yeah. So, Steve, what, what's, what's your ranking for the Marvel movies that we've uh, discussed up to this point in continuity?
1: Let's see. Uh, Avengers is my number one, too. Uh, Captain America is my number two. Then Iron, Iron, the first Iron Man, number three. Uh, first Thor, number four. Uh, Iron Man 3, number five um incredible hulk number six uh iron man two seven and thor two number eight i may or may not interchange those ones along the way but yeah the other ones i'm pretty good on or the last bottom three i could no i think yeah i'll stick with uh, i'll just make the post the last two the possible interchangeable ones
0: so you're you uh don't much care for Iron Man 2 then you you like Iron Man 3 better than Iron Man 2.
1: I definitely did. What what was uh, uh you guys haven't talked about Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yet, but we did you know, just really quick just since we did cover that. their spoilers in the mark we are doing spoilers for these movies. What uh what was great about Captain America uh The Winter Soldier, one of the great things about that movie was that uh when they had Gary Shandling in there saying "Hail Hydra," uh-huh. that, in my mind, made Iron Man Two so much more of a great movie,
0: mm-hmm. or so
1: much greater. Just that one little that those two little words by him just made that movie so much better.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree because uh, taking into effect what you know that happens later, obviously with the events that unfold within the Winter Soldier, it makes Iron Man Two. A lot better so when we went through these movies and watched them again iron man 2 was always towards the bottom of my list and i hadn't watched it in a while and then i watched it again i was like man this movie considering what comes after it and how it ties in with the avengers Mm -hmm. uh, with what happens there and how it ties in with you know the winter soldier because when you look at these other characters that are doing these other things you see the different motives that they can have now and it all made a lot more sense and it went together a lot better for me so because of that Iron Man 2 actually made its way up my list and it's currently number 3. Yeah.
1: I think I'm, I am uh, I'm officially I am going to bump that up ahead of uh, Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Cuz I haven't rewatched it since Captain America: Winter Soldier, but I remember yeah, just thinking at the time, oh my god, Iron Man 2 is that much better. I'm just going to and thinking about Incredible Hulk, you know, right now is like yeah. Mhm. Nothing much. Oh, one little note just making me th- from thinking of Incredible Hulk. I remember at the time it came out there was all these miscellaneous little rumors that weren't true at all. And um, like one was that during the, the, uh, the main fight at the end, like the Hulk abomination fight in New York, you could see Spider-Man's shadow swinging. <laughs> um, but wh- another one was that the uh, there's at one point, I think Hulk's, Hulk's in the grand Canyon or something like that. And there's this thunderstorm and there were some people speculating that, that, thunderstorm then the lightning that you could see in the sky was was caused by thor
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: and i thought there was like a point where people were saying oh pause it here and you could briefly see thor but i uh it wasn't anything
0: so um and i'm not sure if marvel has officially come out and said yes or no to that but the the part where he kind of gets angry and kind of throws a rock or something at a big thunderclap. um Speculated that, and I heard this too. That that's when uh, Odin cast Thor down. Ah,
1: interesting. So yeah. you don't,
0: you wouldn't necessarily see him or anything like that, but because it was in New Mexico and that he was cast down in New Mexico, that could be a a crossover case.
1: Oh, that's cool. Because yeah, the uh, so like the the Incredible Hulk, it's been kind of they've been kind of trying to shuffle it off to the side. Uh, for the most part, I think the main connections that it's had to the movies was of course the uh, you know Tony Stark and general Ross at the uh, you know the uh, this the end credits scene
0: which amounts to nothing
1: exactly uh, although I hear that in the DVD extras they did a uh, they explained exactly what the point of of sending Tony Stark to talk to Ross was was that they
0: the consultant
1: exactly but yeah was the point because they didn't actually want the abomination for the Avengers. So sending Stark was a way to uh, make Ross not want to do it basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Oh, and then I, in Iron Man two, um, I think they, and um, this was official, but um, like, I think towards the end when uh, Tony Stark and Nick Fury are talking at like a restaurant or something like that, there's a TV on and it's showing like the, uh, a Hulk attack. Hmm. That's been, a, I think, that's been about the only connections. There was the deleted scene, which of course, you know, became lost in the shuffle, and you know, doesn't count. But there was a deleted scene where um, they were going to open in the Arctic, um, and Hulk was going to be. Uh, I think how it, how it went was uh, Edward Bruce Banner was going to try and kill himself, but then he turned into the Hulk and then uh, started smashing a bunch of ice, and he was going to actually unblock Captain America. <laughs> or You know, like, break up, break Captain America out of whatever, you know, um, bank he was in, and he, that's how he would, you know, start floating and be eventually discovered.
0: Interesting.
1: And that was filmed and everything. It's, it's an extra on the, uh, like, special edition of the Incredible Hulk, not the just regular DVD that I bought wanting to see that scene.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I saw the there's a ton of deleted scenes in the Incredible Hulk, and I I remember seeing the watching the alternate open where he has that, but I don't remember them having the that part there. So that may be in a different extra feature. It could that be too that it's else. like
1: you have to like know that, know, that, know that it's coming, and then you'd be able to see it. I think that was part of it because I remember I, I did watch it on YouTube and I could see it, but it, I think it wasn't the easiest to see.
0: Hmm. I'll have to keep that in mind and check that out later. That'd be cool. Um, so yeah, so those are our rankings as of now. Uh, so next week, as we've alluded to multiple times, we'll be discussing Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So uh, look forward to that discussin- discussion next week. And we've been for I think about three weeks now, had the new code to give away for The Expendables 3 Theatrical Edition. Steve's wanting to give away comic books. I'm still giving away movies. Uh, so The Expendables 3 Theatrical Edition, all you gotta do to uh, be eligible to be selected for that code is follow the Entertaining Pod Twitter handle and send us a tweet with hashtag EntertainingCode and say anything. Say GW, say Mm -hmm. whatever you want to do, and you will be entered in to win The Expendables 3. Uh, Question for the listeners this week. So Thor The Dark World is my bottom ringer. That is the least favorite for me of all of Marvel's productions up to this point. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I would rank above this. Agent Carter, I would rank above this. Uh, definitely daredevil i'll rank above this Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and i have to ask for listeners and for you steve thor the dark world can it get much worse than this
1: Uh, well a little side note just my my quick my quick off the the top of my head if this is the worst marvel movie out there we're still doing okay
0: well, yeah, so I mean, uh, all right, perspective, right? Yeah. If this were to come out in Phase 1, it would have been fine, I think. It would have been great if this would have come out and been the first Thor movie. But since we've had, you know, three Iron Men before this, and we've had the Avengers, and we had the first Thor movie, and we're going to get, you know, after this, you know, Guardians and uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, looking at, at the... Prism of when it's released, it really doesn't help this movie at all. If Uh, it was released earlier, like in 2010, it would be a lot better and regarded differently. I would assume. Definitely. With being released in 2013, uh, the same year as Iron Man 3, and just a year preceding The Winter Soldier and Guardians, it really doesn't lend itself to being regarded a lot of uh, to being well regarded. Yes. So, question: Is it can it get much worse, or am I think is my view of this skewed so much that it's really not that bad? What, what do you think? Hmm.
1: Yes, I want to know what you all think too.
0: Yeah. So send us a tweet over at Entertaining Pod on Twitter, and uh, let's have a discussion. Let's let's see if I'm in the wrong, or if I have people that think the same way I do. Uh, So, as always, please uh, go ahead and shoot us a review over at iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, We should soon be on TuneIn, so we're always going to be expanding the way that you can actually listen to us. So TuneIn should be coming shortly. And you can always, as we mentioned, contact us on Twitter, at entertainingpod. Or you can send us an email if you want the long form that's entertaining t-h-a-t-s-e-n-t-e-r-t-a-i-n-i-n-g at gmail.com steve you're on twitter go ahead and give him that again it's at
1: steve waldinger s-t-e-v-e-w-a-l-d-i-n-g-e-r
0: excellent and i think you said that you always you also had like an instagram or something else that you always keep up with
1: instagram's the same. The same uh, username for Instagram. Uh, if you want to go to my, uh, like my Facebook page, that one's a little longer. It's Facebook.com/slash Steve The Dinger Waldinger.
0: <laughs> in the blue corner, Steve <laughs> The Dinger Waldinger, weighing uh, in at a quill. I don't know. I don't know where we're
1: going with that. When I no, when I launch <laughs> my uh, boxing career, you're going to be my personal ring answer.
0: There you go so uh you can find me at sith nightmare s-i-t-h-k-n-i-g-h-t-m-a-r-e and the justin who is not with us he can also be found on twitter at j-p-a-c-k-y-8-6 uh that's j picky 86 so feel free to follow us all on twitter hit us up And let us know what you think of the show. But for myself, for Justin, for Steve, that'll be it for this week for That's Entertaining. We hope that you have been entertained.